Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy, Q. Got a text message on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. My Raider to watch is Mac Hollins. So many people have said his name. I want to see how many red zone opportunities he's going to take. That's from Raiderette T, and that's in regards to the question I threw out there. As the pads go on tomorrow, who's a player, a sleeper player, or maybe even a position that you're going to learn about and you want to learn about? 69187, keyword R&R. Salmonette, that's the Sam and Ash text line. Of course, the Raider Nation listener line is 702 365 9,200. We are efforting Lincoln Kennedy. Want to get him on in a matter of seconds. DeMond will make that happen, and we'll bring him to you right then when we get him. Also got a text from uh, Rob in Oakland. He always has a really good detailed text. So many of us have identified so many good potential sleepers on the team. This is tough. I think there's a good football player on this team that didn't get a chance to contribute last year. He won't lead the league in pass rush or in sacks, but has helped us win in a couple games in the past by pressuring the quarterback that threw a game-losing interception and by getting penetration on a crucial fourth down to force a turnover in a different game. Cleveland Furl isn't flashy, but he's been working for four years, is stronger than in the past, and understands situational football. If I'm wrong, I'm going with Kyler Fackrell as a sleeper because he can pass, rush, and cover. So, uh, interesting. Uh, Nobody really brought up Cleve Furl, and I'm interested to see what his role will be this year. Uh, there's, you know, rumors that maybe he's going to play inside. There's rumors that he could be just, you know, a situational uh, guy and, and a depth piece. And, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, obviously, I think we could all agree that drafting him at number four overall was way too high. Not his fault, but was way too high. And he has, like Robin Oakland said, been very businesslike. I mean, he has done everything he can to work. Again, it's not his fault where he was drafted. He has done everything he can to provide as much as he can for this team since he's been in the league. I will always give him a lot of credit for that. Has it always been uh, living up to expectations? No, not at all. But the one thing I can guarantee from Clee, Clee is he's going to give you 100% effort. So there's a, that's a good one that, uh, you know, that, that Rob brings up that many of us probably aren't talking about. I uh, got a text from Vegas Pete. I think our young defensive backs will be battle-tested going against Waller, Adams, Renfro at practice, so playing other teams will seem easy by comparison. With the pass rush of Max, Jones, etc., I think they, uh, the DBs will impress as well as the law firm of Kuntz, Perriman, and Diablo. Rob Ryan will have those boys fired up. That's from Vegas Pete. Thank you so much for that text, my man. I do appreciate that. We'll get back to the Salmon Ash text line in a matter of minutes. But right now, joining us on the phone line is our good friend Lincoln Kennedy, who, by the way, has a new uh, broadcast partner in Jason Horowitz. We found out about that earlier today. And Lincoln, welcome to the show. Uh, what do you think? You got a new broadcast partner. Q, how the hell are you? First, you and DeMond first, and then all the listeners out there, Radio Nation Radio. What's up, everybody? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Um, you know, yeah, I just found out about the new partner myself recently, so it's uh, I'm looking forward to it. A new opportunity, a new way to, to, to talk about Raider football, and, you know, radio, as you know, Q has grown so much, and the, the Raider Nation touch uh, now to do the technology is around the world, so we've got an important thing to do. We've got to make sure that the people enjoy what, what they're hearing. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I know you guys are going to do a great job. Jason's really good at what he does. And, of course, uh, you've been holding it down, and you do a great job at what you do. So I have no doubt it's going to be a very good broadcast that Raider Nation is going to be in line for. So that's going to be great moving forward. Now, Lincoln, the pads come on tomorrow. Uh, when you were playing and the pads came on, I know that the pads came on probably when you were playing a lot earlier than they are now. But when the pads come on, what was the feeling like for you being that offensive lineman? You know, I, I learned very early in my career, especially my professional side, that, you know, two-a-days training camp was just a necessary evil. You had to go through it. You had to, be, you had to build your body callous up to being hit and hitting people and running through the heat and carrying all that extra weight. You had to callousize your body to do it. So it's just one of the necessary evils. A lot of things have changed. You know, there's been some coaches we've seen in the past here that don't play their guys during the preseason. They only have them practice because they want to save them for the regular season. Heck, training camp has been diminished from what it was. I think five weeks was my first training camp to now it's barely two weeks uh, before their first game. And half the time they're not even playing it in that first game. So, you know, a lot of things have changed, but they're trying to do their best to elongate the season, elongate the players uh, health-wise. Uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a tough task, but... Back to your question, this is something that you have to do. Offensive linemen and defensive linemen have to hit each other. You have to learn how to hit. You're not going to be able to learn how to block people during PX90 training or flipping over tires. That doesn't work because that defensive lineman is not going to stand still and wait for you to flip him over. So he's going to be moving too. So you've got to find a way to, to work and, uh, and, and, and understand your aggression and your size and your body and your strength going and knowing what, what you're going up against. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. We found out about Denzel Good yesterday. He retired. I know he was battling back from a torn ACL. How big of a blow is that to the, at least the depth of the Raiders' offensive line? Well, I think it creates a blow, but here's something that they had to deal with all last year. You know, different coaching staff, obviously, don't get me wrong. But uh, the thing was that Denzel went down early, and he was expected to play the whole season, so they had to try to, to, to manifest and, and juggle. Look, I don't know, and I'm not going to speak ill of the man or what, what went through his mind, but I do know that we're seeing more and more guys not necessarily play to the wheels fall off. They play till they get to a point where there's, there's a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of attrition or a little bit of, you know, circumstances that aren't in their favor and they either want to walk away or they want to retire. It's totally up to them. And, and here's my thing. If I was in the locker room and I found out somebody didn't want to be in the locker room, I'm like, good riddance. You know, we'll, we'll figure out what to do without you. Right. I mean, that's the only attitude you can't have. I mean, you got cause yeah. you got to move forward. It's. I mean, you got to handle your business, and so I think that's the the right approach. And uh, you know, we've heard a lot about Lester Cotton, and as you mentioned, you can't really learn about guys without the pads on. So they'll come on tomorrow. But everybody from Richie Incognito to Colton Miller today, other guys have said, "Hey, Colton Lester uh, Lester Cotton is up next." Uh, what What do you think we'll see from Lester? I was impressed with Lester and thought he should have got a better shake last year, a better opportunity last year. I saw bright spots of him when he did fill in that he was he seemed capable especially for that guard position so i was thinking that eventually it was going to happen it never really came to hold but i was i was glad to hear and 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 i think it was it was it was was somebody from the athletic who had told me that lester was playing really well um and 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 doing really good stuff out there uh, in training camp and then practices there so i'm glad he's going to get a chance yeah, Lincoln, Coach Josh McDaniels, he's already come out and said that the team is not going to tackle to the ground at all during training camp. And I know you're a big proponent that players, they need to hit at least in camp and get that feel for the game. What do you think is being taken away when players don't practice or don't tackle all the way to the ground during training camp? That's not as big of a deal to me, tackling all the way to the ground as it is blocking and just getting right fits and tackles. You don't have to take guys all the way to the ground. You have a little bit more of a, you know, a control over your body, especially as an adult. 
And since the time I've played, there's been a lot of techniques and drills that have been developed, whether you're tackling that big old rolling dummy um, and landing on it and it's soft or stuff, that there's other things like that, running through the body, making sure you're getting right head placement, landing on a big, uh, like a, a track, uh, uh, outfield pole jumper pad, stuff like that. They've done a lot to try to protect the bodies and the guys going from the ground. Here's what I would say to that. It, you don't necessarily need to tackle the ground to get football ready. You're a professional, so you should know how to tackle by now or something's really wrong. Um, and if you're, if you don't really know how to tackle, you're often injured and you're probably not going to be around for a long time. So that's, you know, that, that part of the, the contact really doesn't phase me that much. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As far as the offensive line goes, we all know that they're one cohesive unit, or ideally they're one cohesive unit. How quickly do you think they need to establish who the, 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 the starting five is going to be? Oh, that's really hard to say because. A lot of times coaches, unless they have a predetermined who that starting five is going to be before training camp starts, are just experimenting with certain guys. Mm. And I will say this as far as there, there are two positions on the football field that need ex- as, absolutely as many snaps as they possibly can to harness the chemistry, their ability, and as well as their teammates. It's quarterback and it's the offensive line. And the offensive line has to play together. You can't keep interchanging parts. You've got to have them play together because there's certain – Nonverbal communication, there's a lot of things that we do around one another that we only learn over time. Oh, he's taking that step, so he's going to cover with that shoulder, so I need to cover him with this shoulder. Those types of things come in time. And, you, and really, it only comes in game time, Q and DeMond, because the thing is that you can't generate that speed in practice. You can only simulate it, but you can't generate it. So, and there's a difference. So when you get on a football field and it's full speed, now that reaction time is down, and it's go, it's go, go, go. we got to learn how to play together. All five of those offensive linemen got to learn how to play together. That's only going to happen in time, real game time. How much do you think Richie Incognito helped with the growth of Colton Miller? If anything, Incognito was, was, showed him a lot of aggression and how to be more aggressive rather than being its passive. When, when Colton first came out of UCLA, I'm not saying he was soft in any way or anything like that, right. but he was still trying to learn his way. And be fair – he was thrusted into something as a rookie that a lot of guys don't get, especially playing the most you know, vulnerable position in the offensive line, left tackle, coming out and playing at all the rookie, and he was playing hurt. So I think that Richie kind of gave him that little bit of a, a little bit of a, the, a, a edge, a little bit of a rough side to him, or started to create that and show him how he could assert himself as a professional. And ever since then, ever since that yeah, first year, Cole Miller has been, been growing and going in the right direction, and now he's all pro status. Right. Yeah, Lincoln, what's going to be that fine line? Because Colton Miller in the press conference today, he said that, hey, the preseason games are going to be important for everyone on the team. So what's the fine line between establishing those starters on the offensive line and not wanting to get too banged up in preseason? Well, I mean, that's a, there's a fine line. The thing is, is that you, you can't coddle a football player. Mm-hmm. You're, you either have it or you don't. You're, right. you're tough or you're not. It's just that simple. There's no in-between. So either you, you know, you look at a team, let's say for the example, and I hate to use it because I can't stand the team, the Chiefs. Now, Andy <laughs> Reid and the Chiefs in the preseason, they went through and they had their starters playing every preseason game, limited snaps. What's wrong with that? You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing wrong with that in getting them better, and they had a good run, and they, they were able to keep pretty much healthy. It's ways that you do things. I remember towards the end of my career, and I hate to keep bringing it up because it was so long ago, but you know, there were times where, where Callahan and those, we would take off the pads after we would take off the pads totally after week eight, and up until that point, probably week two through 
six or seven, we would have just shoulder pads and helmets on. That's all you need. I just need to make contact with somebody. And I can't do this with powder puffs, so I'm not, I don't want to do this with, with spaghetti pads and stuff like that. I want to make contact. I want to hit a, I'm not going to go low on the defensive lineman. He's not going to go low on me. We can step. We can block each other. We can challenge each other. And you can do that with shoulder pads and helmets. And I think you can get just as much good work done that way than having to go full pads all the time. Talking right now with Lincoln Kennedy here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Uh, we talked about how much experience that Alex Leatherwood got a year ago and how that could help him. Obviously, we'll learn a lot once the pads go on. But John Simpson, he also got thrust into that role and had to be uh, a player out there due to injury to incognito. So he played a lot of football. How much do you think that that experience could help him? Last year's experience was absolutely essential because you got to see you got a choice. It's time to stand up and play and show that you're valued and that you can go on and be a pro or we're going to move on without you. And, and that's the thing. That's, that's what it comes down to. You either play right now or we move on. We don't have enough time to do There's really hardly any development that goes on in the league anymore. And that's mainly due to the CBA and coaches have limited time with the players and they can't do it, you know, the, the things that they want to do to train them. So you've got to find a way to develop on your own. And more times than not, that trial is by fire. It's by going out and playing and seeing what you can do, seeing what people do against you, watching film, studying, and try to make yourself better. I say that to say this. Both of those guys, and Alex Leatherwood the same, is the same. He's got to grow from year one to year two to prove that he's not, what, a bust. So he's got to be able to go out there and play, whether it's guard or tackle or wherever they have him or wherever he decides to play this season. He's got to be better than he was last year because the penalties, the inconsistencies, and inconsistent play hurt the team. Right. It hurt the performance overall on the team. It probably lost a couple of games, not saying solely on him, but his mistakes added to it. Lost a couple of games, which kind of better their position, maybe better their outcome of the season. He's got to grow as well. Yeah, Lincoln, you've been a part of some teams. You made it to a Super Bowl. And Brandon Parker today, when he was talking yeah. to the media, he said that he's been hearing all of the chatter, all of being the butt of the jokes as the offensive line. They're the key to making this offense go. When the expectations are so high, how is it for you as a player to block out that negative noise and just focus on football? You're not, you, you don't necessarily block it out. You hear it, you absorb it, and you do, what are you going to do with it? Right. I mean, it, it, you know, it, if you can't take it, get out of the kitchen. You can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Right. Because it, it's, part, it, it's part of what you're doing. Professional football, professional sports is a level of entertainment. You're going to have your critics. You're going to have your fans. You're going to have your proponents. You're going to have your opponents. You're going to have all that. It's a part of entertainment. You're going out there. You're playing a game. A grown man playing a game, getting paid to do a lot of money to do it. So what people are critical of you? So what people are talking about you? Do something about it. You don't want them to talk about you? Stop, stop messing up. Stop yeah. playing poorly. Do something about it. It's that simple. Right. No, it is. And, you know, he, he mentioned messing up and uh, a bunch of false start penalties and a bunch of holding and giving up too many sacks. He said right now in, in training camp, whenever there's a false start, these guys are taking the lap. They're, you know, that's the accountability that they're having is taking a lap. And I, I know that that doesn't work in the game, but uh, how much do you think that that can help them just get that muscle memory? Here, here's my thing. You know, personally, I've always liked Brandon Parker. Never had a problem against him. He was a great guy, stuff like that was waiting for him to take that next step. I mean, body-wise, specimen-wise, he's a freak. For an offensive lineman, you don't right. see offensive linemen have bodies like that. You see what I'm saying? But what are you going to do about it? So then I go back to my little scenario where I say, well, look, he looks like Tarzan, but he plays like Jane. He's got to grow up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whatever you want to hold accountability, because this is still a pretty young team in a lot of places, the, the, whoever you want to have be as held as accountable, whether it's Colton Miller, 
you know, whether it's Andre James, whether it's Brandon Parker, because they've been around the offensive line pretty much the longest, or you want to go somewhere else, someone has to step up and take control for the group that they are. Someone has to take fill that role. Not necessarily be a captain, but you have to be a leader. And you have to hold people accountable in that, within that. Because that's the way that a team is going to grow and come together. If you have one or two guys from every position group take control of that position group, drive that position group to be the best, you can have a good winning team rather than one guy trying to go around everyone and be that rah-rah guy. Yeah, Lincoln, with the with Denzel Good retiring, do you think that the Raiders should bring in another veteran offensive lineman just to sure up or just test it out and see what they have as camp goes on? No, at this particular point, you know, you, you got to be done with the with the older guys. I mean, you had the, the it was however you want to look at it. I look at it a fellow experiment experiment with working incognito because he he was came in on the tail end of his career. So I mean, you got what you could get out of that. You tried to get what you could get out of Denzel Good. Um, you have to move on because you have too much youth, and they tried to build it up through the draft and acquiring other young free agents to go out and try to get an elder offensive lineman right now would cost you way more money than it's worth. I like it. I like it. It's a great breakdown right there. And, Lincoln, before we let you go, uh, Dylan Parham, he's the third-round pick out of Memphis. He's that young talent that you're talking about. Got him in the yeah. draft. Uh, how big of a role do you think he could potentially play this year for the Silver and Black? I think all the young guys that have come in over the last couple of years can contribute to the part of the depth. Okay. You're going to need a little bit of, a, little bit of an experience. Uh, crew to get you through, especially with this division, the way this division is, because you don't have a lot of youth roaming around this division. You have experience that's that's well-timed in this division. So the, the adding to the depth is absolutely critical, and more importantly, have to find a way to get them up to NFL speed as quickly as possible, because it's not going to be in preseason. Right. It's not going to be NFL speed preseason. We're talking about a lot of times you're playing, playing backups and third stringers who won't be starting on, on day one, which is a different speed of the game and getting them ready to go for that season opener. This is a very important season for the Silver and Black, as you guys already know. But um, you, you've got everything, it seems, in place on paper to be capable of challenging uh, for the division. Uh, but you've got, a, you've got a damn good division that yeah. you're looking at. So it's going to be fun. All right, Lincoln, last one for me. When are you going to get Q and I and you to do a show at the Angry Crab? When are we going to get that in the works? <laughs> nice! You just want to get food. You just want to eat. You ain't going to be talking that much. I already know. <laughs> facts. That's big facts. That, that really is. And, hey, man, if I'm going to go somewhere and, you know, that thing, I'll eat for – or I'll, I'll work for food, I definitely work for food at the Angry Crab because that is some good – Guys, we're going to do something this season. We'll have it out, we'll have it out there and have some fun this season, guys. We will. Okay. All right. Well, Lincoln, before I let you go, on a serious note, next week is the Hall of Fame game. So the Raiders yeah. will be in Canton, Ohio. They get everything started, preseason action – one, how excited are you for uh, the Hall of Fame, seeing Cliff Branch being able to get his name enshrined into, into Canton for eternity? Richard Seymour obviously spent some time with the Silver and Black as well, did some good things. Just what are, you, what are your thoughts on next week? First of all, um, and, and I'll try to be brief, you know, rest in peace to Cliff. Um, yes. He was a good friend. Um, we had a lot of great times, a lot of great conversations together. So uh, he is well missed. It's long overdue. Should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago, especially when you talk about the receivers like Lynn Swan and Art Monk and you know all those guys. Yep. Um, and congratulations to Seymour. I had a chance to play against him a couple times. A good guy too. We played against. Uh, we played in some poker tournaments together. So I'm um, <laughs> looking forward to seeing him across the table in that too. But congratulations. As far as the Hall of Fame game, my there's a couple questions for me, guys, and it's just being optimistic and being logical like an army. What are we going to see out of the team? Who are we going to see? out of the team 
And look, I've got a new partner in Jason, so I've, I've got to learn him too. So there's a lot of learning that we're going to do about this team and this organization at this first game, and it's highlighted by you know two Raiders, at least two Raiders going in. Right, exactly. And I'll say this, man. Uh, if you guys need to work in a sideline guy for the game, I, I know a guy. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, Lincoln. I'm just saying, if you need to work in a sideline guy. Business. There he is right there. Hardest working man out there. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> Lincoln, hey, man, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you. I'll see you next week in Canton, Ohio. Very excited about the opportunity. All, all the pleasures, brothers. I'll talk to you soon. Be well. All right, you too. There he goes. The great Lincoln Kennedy joining us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Yeah, I'm getting, hey, look, man, I'm guaranteed to take the shot. All right? I ain't might not make the shot, but I'm going to take the shot. I might be over, but I'm going to take the shot. Why not? Exactly, you know? but you just aim a little bit higher than me because I'm just trying to get a free meal at the Angry Crab. Hey, man, look. Get a whole job. Hey, look, man, you know you got to be able to pay for those meals at some <laughs> point, right? <laughs> You know, what do they say? Back in the day, man, I learned real early, man, that there ain't no romance without some damn finance. So you got to go out there and you got to make some finance, right? If not, you're going to have you a bad situation, right? So there you go. I'm, hey, look, man, I'm guaranteed to miss a shot I don't take, so I'm always going to fill out the application. It might not get read, but I'm going to fill it out. 422 is the time. Many thanks to Lincoln Kennedy for giving us plenty of time this afternoon. I thought that was a lot of great insight right there. Very excited about what to hear from him and Jason Horowitz this upcoming year. I think the broadcast is going to be fantastic uh, as well. So there you go. Good stuff. 422 is the time. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Hey. Got a text here from uh, Silver and Black Panther. He says, what's good, Q and Damon? Silver and Black Panther here. My sleeper is the combination of Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, Amir Abdullah, Zamir White. It's predicated on the O-line, but this running back group can shock the league. Pray for your boy. Got severe ear infection. Can't really talk. That's from Silver and Black Panther. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, heal up, brother. We're going to need you to do a lot of talking during the, during the course of the regular season. So you got a little bit of time, right? Got a little bit of time to heal up, but uh, make sure you heal up. And, uh, yeah, that running back room could be special. I'm interested in Zamir White, though, since we have not seen him the last three practices. We won't talk to head coach Josh McDaniels until Thursday. So maybe tomorrow when the pads go on, we'll see him out there. If not, please believe that will be the first thing that we talk about on Thursday when we meet with head coach Josh McDaniels early in the morning. So uh, that's something to write down on our to-do list. But, yeah, the running back room has an opportunity, man. And, and I'll say this again. Kenyon Drake, and I know they didn't have pads on. They're not you know, busting anyone up in, in right now. Today he looks so fast. I mean, and again, I'm very surprised just by the recovery and knowing, uh, you know, that he was out and what he was dealing with and how late in the season it occurred. I was, I was really surprised that uh, he was out there and he looks as good as he looks right now, but he does. And, you know, that's a good thing. Uh, if he could be out there and be healthy, man, they, they could really have a very special running back room. So it's a, one of those moments where you're glad to be wrong. <laughs> I'm very glad to be wrong in that situation. 702-365-9200, that is the number. Uh, let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our buddy uh, Juan the Smasher right here in town. What's up, Juan? Welcome to the show. What's up, Q? What's up, Demond? What's up, man? Hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy that, that, that you put your boy uh, James on, on the airways because with, with him and you back in 2016 with that crazy season, it was actually the first time I got into podcasts and stuff like that because I never even listened to podcasts, but with you and James, man, man, you guys were on like like Donkey Kong. That was dope. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah, man. man. Yeah, 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 because you guys, you guys will bring it. 
And I'm like, yeah, and I just got used to the podcast ever since then. But uh, yeah, on the on the um, the guys to look out for, I would say the uh, uh, the linebackers, and 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 I'm and I'm rooting for that boy uh, Jayon Brown because that mm. guy gave me an autograph. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I just want to see these linebackers just hit somebody. And if they're gonna hit someone, why not hit the Chiefs? You know, smack those fools. Because <laughs> I'm I'm getting tired of these guys always whooping us at home. Like, right. come on, man. So yep. if, so I'm looking for the linebackers and. Uh, other than that, that's it. And and you guys have a good day. Hey, man, thank you for the call. It's always great to hear from you, Juan. And, uh, yeah, man, that was my original uh, podcast that I was on, Black Hole Banter. And the reason was, and I say it all the time, you know, there wasn't, in my opinion, just my opinion, there wasn't very many outlets that were talking about the Raiders. And as a radio guy in Central Texas, obviously I was talking about the Cowboys and the Texans and high school football and Baylor and UT. And, you know, we talked about everything, the Rangers, baseball. I mean, we were talking about everything. It was great, fantastic job. But I didn't get that much opportunity to talk about the Raiders. So when James put out a tweet saying, hey, I'm thinking about starting a podcast that talks about the Raiders, who wants to join me? I, I immediately sent him a message like, hey, doc, I'm your guy. You know, I'm a Bay Area dude. I'm a Raider fan. I do sports radio in Texas. Let's make this happen. What do I got to do? I had no idea about podcasts. I had no idea. Like, I had never been on one. I had never listened to one, anything. I just knew that I wanted to talk about the Raiders. So James uh, created the platform. He, he was the brains behind it all. He put, put the website together and everything and invited me to be on the show. And it took off from there. And I started getting invites onto, you know, 95-7 the game in the Bay. Zachariah used to put me on just to talk Raiders, you know, like once a week. And I started doing interviews here and there and here and there. And it, the, 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 everything just started growing and growing and growing. Then all of a sudden I got the opportunity to do the Locked On Raiders podcast. And the reason I got that job, David Locke heard me on the Black Hole Banter and said, hey, I think you could do this job. And I didn't know what that was going to do. And it took off. So long story short, I'm here because Black Hole Banter, Locked On Raiders podcast, Raider Nation, I mean, that's why I'm here right now. That's why I got all the opportunities. And I'll never, ever take that for granted. I'll never forget anyone that's helped me achieve the goal because none of us do what we want to do on our own. Someone's always been there to have your back, you know, regardless if you're a player, uh, you know, like, Whatever, like like my son going to Western Oregon. You know why he's at Western Oregon? Because someone would take him to practice. Somebody, you know, somebody helped him get to the game. Somebody did this and that. I mean, everyone achieves their goals with the help of somebody, and it's just it's up to us as people not to forget how we got to where we got. Yeah, we have to put in the work, but there's a lot of people behind the scenes that will never get credit for, you know, a lot of the work as well. So uh, thank you so much for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Let's go out to Raider Dave in Denver. You're up next. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? I got to congratulate you guys. I mean, I know Link is a pretty easy interview, but you guys, you know, silver and black that tag team between you, and it sounded great. So uh, good QDC right there. You know, I, I like what he said about not spending the bank on a uh, on a lineman, and I don't think that bringing some heavy uh, veteran in would be all that all that great. But I pretty much do expect them to find some four year guy that's not going to make it across the fifty three. And they could pick somebody up who is a little bit young and has a little bit of experience, at least for a depth piece. And I just really think that's something that's probably going to happen. And I will predict that that could be somebody that Daniels knows in New England because they're going to have that whole week. He's got plenty of time to talk to Belichick. The two organizations can talk quite a bit. I almost think that there'll be a little, you know, maybe a little bit of trade or some, some uh, you know, behind the scenes saying, hey, if this guy, if you don't think that guy's going to make it, you know, I, I want to try to get dibs on him somehow. And I realize the guy's got to pass through, you know, waivers and all that stuff. But 
I really think that's about the time of the preseason that they would make a move like that. Is there a particular person you have in mind, like Isaiah no, Wynn or somebody? No, I, I mean, I'm a corner and a, and a quarterback. Like you, I heard that. I pay too much attention to the to the line, you know. If I did, I'd probably have a lot more carrot cake, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. I respect that, man. Great stuff. <laughs> there he goes, Raider Dave in Denver. You know what? I'm not a big cake guy, but carrot cake is my get down. Carrot cake is my get down. I love me some carrot cake. That's the only birthday cake that I ever really get. Now, as of late, I haven't really ate it because a lot of carrot cake, if you get the wrong one, it's very thick icing, and I'm not a thick icing guy. But there was a cake back in the day, and I tell this story all the time. I don't even know if it exists anymore. My dad used to get it for me every single birthday, and it was in the frozen food section, the frozen dessert section of the grocery store. It's by Oregon Farms. It came in a little orange box. That was the best freaking carrot cake ever. Now, they have the ones at the stores, you know, where they go in there, but the icing is so thick. Like, I, I just can't eat it. But the Oregon Farms frozen one is great. You just sit it out on the counter in your kitchen for a little while and let it thaw out naturally, and it's great stuff. I love that cake. That's the one that will get me every single time and twice on Sunday. But uh, all the other ones, I'm not. Are you a big cake guy, Damon? Love it. What don't you love? Actually, there's probably the the list is probably shorter of stuff you don't like to eat. Oh, dude, I got a dinner story from last night. Actually, okay, where'd you go? So Bahama Breeze. Okay, I don't even. I've never been there. Okay, well that's okay. A nice little you know American like Jamaican style oh, okay. restaurant. You know, you got all the. Hey man, look, you talk about me, but you got all the restaurant knowledge, man. So you obviously go out all the time. You must. I gotta check how much you make an hour, man. You must be making too much money. So so uh, <laughs> me and my good friend Kayla, we go out to Bahama Breeze. <laughs> There it is. Caleb makes an appearance. But the funniest thing happened. I told her, I was like, I got to tell the story on air. You know, she gets her tacos. I get my Jamaican jerk wings. And the guy, he puts down her tacos and he says, here you go, beautiful. Nice little smile and everything. Puts down my food. He's like, here you go, sir. And I say, am I not beautiful? Shut up. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not that type of guy, but that could have started something. It could have. <laughs> how did he know that you guys, you know, how did he know that your guys' relationship wasn't all that? I don't. I, it's not, but it's just. I was just offended. He, you should just assume, right? How would you feel if someone said that to your wife? I mean, you know, man, I, you're not going. You're not going to get out of character at the restaurant. No, nah, I'll be like, hey, he's. You know, he's right. You know, he's right. Just serve the food and keep it moving. That's, my, <laughs> that's all I want him to do. You gotta. You gotta learn to take a compliment, man. You gotta be able to take a compliment. But maybe he was trying. He sounded like he was trying to. Uh, you know, trying to ease on into the into the the picture. How did How did he approach the? Here you go, beautiful. I mean, did he did he come a with smi- a, s- a smile and all, and basically threw my wings at me? Oh damn! So he yeah. So okay. So he got you. He got you big time, man. So he hit you with the uh, what's the what's the good looking dude that I say that the wife is a big fan of? Uh, what's his name? Uh, e- Evis Elbows or Evis El- Elbows? <laughs> I can never remember that Evo dude's elbows? name. Elbows? What you trying to say? Ashy Elbows. <laughs> Yeah, he hits you with the Idris elbows or uh, whatever Ilbus, whatever his name is. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She hit you, he hits you with that one. Tried to slide in and be smooth. I I got that. Well, you know, sometimes that happens. But at least were the wings good? Oh, delicious! I go there all the time. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's actually cool. um, one of my mom's favorite restaurants as well. So it's right down Flamingo. Oh, okay. So it's close to the radio station. You never told me about it. It ain't that close. I mean, it's all the way like towards UNLV. 
Oh, it's okay. just you just hit that straight shot down, Flamingo. Gotcha, gotcha. Just got a text for the two hundred nine and my good friend Kayla. <laughs> That's right. That's right. The truth comes out. One day I can't wait. I'll be at the wedding reception. And I get to tell the story. I'll get to grab the mic and I'll say, "Man, I remember back in twenty twenty two when we had her on the radio and." DeMond tried to say he's been playing basketball, and everybody's seen him, and she said, I ain't never seen that dude play basketball, and I've been friends with him forever. Cutting the mic at that point, then. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not saying that there's not going to be a reception. You're just saying you're going to cut the mic. I don't want anybody like, hey, man, I got a speech about DeMond, <laughs> and it's about to be how he sucked at basketball. There it is. It. I don't care what. <laughs> you don't care where you're at. Yeah. I heard that. No doubt about it. Mailman Raider hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line. Q, one more thought is what about Josh McDaniels? Are the players on the same page as Coach and the rest of the staff? Is he coaching them up the right way this time? I think that's another thing we should be looking for. And uh, that's a good question, and I honestly think they are. You know, and I'm not trying to gas him up. I'm not trying to gas you up as, as Raider Nation. I'm not trying to do any of that, but I do think that they're on the same page. You know, Darren Waller is one in particular that stands out in things that he has said about uh, Josh McDaniels' team, what a team looks like, and he continues to say, you know, it's, it's very disciplined, and in the red zone. And I remember he was on a podcast, and I don't remember exactly what podcast it was, or, or maybe he was on one of those shows when he was doing his media tour before training camp got going, and someone asked him about going from Rich Bisaccia to Josh McDaniels, and he said at first, and I, I don't quote him because I don't have the exact words, but he said something to the extent of, yeah, we all love Rich Bisaccia. We all wanted him to get the job. But once Josh McDaniels took over and we listened to him and we heard what he had to say, we understood. So, yeah, I do think all the players are on the same page. Uh, I know one thing. They all understand not to give the media too much. Whenever we ask a question that they don't think that we need to know, they'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm not really going to speak on that. And, and they won't do it in a disrespectful way. They'll just be like, hey, that's – you know, uh, you got to ask coach that, or you got to ask someone that's not me. You know that that question because that's not uh, that's not that's not part of the conversation. But I, I do think that they're all on the same page. It feels like that they're all on the same page. Uh, I know that there's plenty of players on the team that have familiarity with these guys when it comes to Josh McDaniels, Patrick Graham, uh, Antonio Pierce. I mean, there's there's guys that are very familiar. You know, if it's they played with them in the NFL, uh, they actually went into a meeting with them before they got drafted. Whatever the case may be, they have familiarity with these guys, and I think that they're definitely bought in. And you know, someone someone asked, I think it might have been Hondo asked the other day uh, to Patrick Graham on Saturday, as a matter of fact, like how did. Uh, you know, how did these guys – matter of fact, Damon, we have that sound bite. Uh, let's pull that up real quick. It has to do with um, how, the, how Josh McDaniels won over the team so quickly. And I thought Patrick Graham had a really good answer about how that, how that happened. I don't want to try to quote him in word for word because I don't know exactly what he said, but I thought the answer was great. So if you find that, that sound from Patrick Graham, let me know what it was. It was from Saturday. Uh, it was one of those that I cut up and, and, and sent over just so we can get it and have it prepared. But I, I, I think that this will tell you all that you really need to know once you, uh, once you hear that sound bite. And if, if you can't find it, DeMond, don't worry about it. But uh, I think that I think it would be great to hear. So, yeah, we'll go ahead and keep on hitting a couple text messages while DeMond looks for that. And uh, just give me the thumbs up, my man, uh, when you get it. Um, got another text. We got a bunch of texts. Got a text talking about Kyler Murray. We had a pretty good conversation on that. Vegas Pete said, with regards to Kyler Murray talk, you and Demond had Pat Riley uh, had Pat Riley would say hard work. Oh, 
as Pat Riley would say, hard work doesn't guarantee you anything, but without it, you don't stand a chance. I bet Murray doesn't have a long career. Also, I think it was Del Rio who's crazy who talked who's crazy, who talked nonsense about Lamar Jackson. To think he was our coach, you got to wonder what was said behind closed doors. I've seen a lot of people speculate that that was who, who uh, said the comments about Lamar Jackson in, in uh, Jack Del Rio because of comments that he has made publicly that everyone knows, and it very well could have been. I believe it was the NFC defensive coordinator that made the comments about Lamar Jackson that even if he won the MVP 12 times, he wouldn't be a number one quarterback. But I don't want to put that on him because I don't know. You know, and Mike Sando, who put out the article, he's not going to say, hey, this was this was my sources on that, you know. So uh, I, I can't guarantee you exactly who that was that said it, but I just thought that that was insane that he would say something like that because obviously there's no doubt about it that if he, this guy won, I mean, hell, he's already won one MVP. Even if he wins one more MVP, you know that, hey, man, this dude's in some – rare company right at the very least he's in some rare company and uh yeah just not giving him that credit is is completely insane did you find it or no have you got it okay here we go uh damon great job in finding this i know it wasn't very easy to put you on the fly probably got i got you sweating in the home studios right now but uh here's patrick mcgram he was asked i believe hondo asked him the question about how the uh how josh mcdaniels won over the team so quickly after the majority of the guys that were there last year were big-time fans of Rich Passaccia. One, I mean, I would, I'm sure they looked up on the internet the resume. <laughs> I mean, I, arguably, to, in my opinion, one of the best play callers in the league. Um, he's had a lot of success. Um, the thing that they might not know, but I'm a, uh, they, probably, they probably assume it, is how hard he works. He you know, he's going to look underneath every stone. I'm not real good with saying so, but, you know, look underneath every stone. He's going to make sure to cross every T, dot every I. He's real detailed. He's real honest. Um, he's consistent. The things you're looking for from a leader, just like we talked about DP right there, he's consistent. And he comes from a championship background. He's building a championship culture here. He's going. That's the standard he's going to hold for the guys here, the coaches, the players. The So I'm sure that's part of it. And, you know, I mean, just, you know, just be, being consistent, that's a, that's a big part of it, and he is, and he's had success. So I think that that really sums it up right there. It's, it's, it's pretty easy to win over a locker room when you have the accolades and the skins on the wall that Josh McDaniels has. Yeah, of course, there's always going to be the, yeah, but what happened in Denver? Okay, well, fine. How many coaches have failed and never had an opportunity to do something again? Yeah, he failed in Denver, and he said that from the jump. The minute he was hired, he said that, and – I'll tell you right now, from what I've seen in practice from him, the intensity, the way that he works hard, just like you heard from Patrick Graham, I, I think this team has an opportunity to really be a special team. Like Lincoln Kennedy said, yeah, they're gonna be, they could be a special team, but it's a tough, tough division. So uh, you never know how it's going to play out. But, man, they have the opportunity to be really good. So uh, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. 444 is the time. We'll come back. We'll close out the show. Uh, we're going to hear from Colton Miller, but I don't think we have enough time to hear from Colton Miller uh, in his entirety. So maybe we'll get a couple sound bites from him to close out the show. He met with the media earlier today. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Show went by fast and furious, man. Just got a few more minutes. Hitting up to 5 o'clock. Had a lot of action on today's show. JT actually led the show off. With Jason Horowitz, who is the new voice, new play-by-play voice of the Silver and Black. Him and Lincoln Kennedy will be teaming up. Looking forward to those uh, broadcasts. Looking forward to another new chapter in Raiders football. I mean, we've seen a, now a new play-by-play voice. 
There's a new president. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of news. A new regime, new GM, new head coach, new front office. There's a lot of new. If this was ATL, it'd be new, new. They're going to call you new, new. I don't know too many movies, but I do remember that one. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of new, and I'm excited to see just how everything shapes up and, and how everything moves forward uh, this upcoming season and beyond. Before we get up out of here today, I appreciate all the feedback that we received so far today on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, the Radio Nation listener line, uh, 702-365-9200. I want to close things out with a few sound bites from Colton Miller uh, at the media session we had with him today. We met with Brandon Parker, who – is going to be a factor in who's going to be on the offensive line. Colton Miller, who you know is going to be the left tackle. We also met with Brandon Bolden, uh, running back that you expect to play kind of that Jalen Richard role where he uh, catches a lot of passes out of the backfield, comes in on third down. Uh, he's going to play that role. And then we also met with Devon Diablo, the linebacker, who sounds like he's a lot more comfortable going into year two than he was last year as he learned a new position moving from safety to linebackers. So those are the guys we heard from. Want to let you hear from Colton Miller, just a couple sound bites. So to start things off, Denzel Good retiring was a, a big deal as far as depth goes. Uh, but as Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, look, the Raiders had to deal with Denzel Good not being there all last year as well. But here's Colton Miller's thoughts on Denzel Good retiring. Yeah, he was, he was uh, you know, with me when I was a rookie. And, you know, we, uh, you know, going through that and uh, time he's been on the team, he's he's been a you know great influence. You know, hard worker. He's had some setbacks with injuries, and um, so uh, you know, I hope um, I hope this is just like a little you know setback. I, I hope you know he could maybe return one time. I don't, I don't know his his mentality. I just got to you know say goodbye to him. Um, but you know, yeah, he was he was working his ass off on and off the field. So um, I'm gonna love that dude. Appreciate him. Um, I hope I hope he's a uh, he'll he'll be good. Colt Miller right there sounded a little emotional. I know when he was talking to us, I, I looked up. I was like, man, uh, that, he, he, sounds, he sounds pretty emotional. I mean, obviously, that was his brother, you know, and you could tell that, hey, he was here with me, uh, you know, early in my career, and, and uh, he, he's a guy that meant something to him, and he, he said he was working his tail off trying to, you know, get back from that torn ACL, and there's a lot that goes into it, man. There's a lot that goes into the grind. A, a lot that goes into the rehab. A lot goes into just everything, you know, a new regime asking you to take a pay cut. I mean, there's, there's so much that could go into play when it goes to Denzel Good, but I thought that that was a pretty good little soundbite, and you could tell how much he meant to at least Colton Miller, and that to me means something. So, of course, a couple guys that we've talked a lot about uh, as far as the offensive line goes, rookie Dylan Parham, third-round pick out of Memphis, and Alex Leatherwood, second-year guy, first-round pick out of Alabama. So here's uh, here's Colton Miller's thoughts on both Parham and Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, uh, Dylan and Alex, they, uh, they've, they you know, of course they don't, they don't talk a whole lot. They're just more like they get in and, and, and grind every day. Um, you, can really, you can really tell with, like, the focus – <clears throat> the demeanor that they bring. Um, they, they come to work each day. You know, it's funny. I really, I mean, I, I don't want to say I judge people by their media session, but it was funny after this media session with Colton Miller, as he closed things out uh, with us today, I was thinking, man, that guy, I felt like he really has grown a lot, right? I mean, I, and we didn't talk to him a lot last year, but I just feel like he just seems like he really has taken another step forward and just growing and leadership. And he just sounded like, he sounded like the guy he's supposed to be, which is the upper statesman. You know, the guy that has been there, done that. The guy that, as as uh, Lincoln Kennedy mentioned, is all pro now. You know, where he wasn't always all pro. He was a rookie at one point where uh, 
People didn't know if he was going to be a good player, he's going to be a bust, or what he was going to be. But it just seems to me like Colton Miller has really grown up a lot. And he says, you know, Dylan Parham and Alex Leatherwood, they're working hard. They don't say a whole lot, but they're putting in the work. So that was just, I don't know, just something from the takeaway. And that's why I wanted to play the whole thing. I think you get a better idea of what I mean by sounding the part when you hear the whole thing in, in general. But I know we don't have time for all that. So here's Colton Miller talking about Lester Cotton. Lester Cotton, man, he's well going into year uh, year four. Is it year four? Yeah, year four. Yeah, man, he's he's uh he's been competing his ass off, man. Just watching him grow and and um, man, how much yeah the growth the growth and um you know the strength and speed everything. He's been he's he's been one guy to look at like that surprised me for sure. So there you go, right there. Uh, Colton Miller talking about Lester Cotton and, and his strength and, and, you know, how much he's grown and a surprise. Another, another uh, you know, somebody saying a, a surprise in Lester Cotton. And he's been getting a lot of, of conversation. He's been getting his name called quite a bit. And this can go one of two ways, straight up. Let's go one of two ways. He can end up being the guy that a lot of people have been talking about and hyping up, or he could be one of those guys that ends up being the early training camp conversation that turns into nothing. You know, and I, and I hate to put it out there, be blunt like that, but that's really what it's going to be. It's going to be one of the two. Either he is or he ain't, right? And so, uh, as you heard Colton Miller say, it's year four, and he had some stuff to clean up. I forget who I was talking to. Maybe it was Brandon Parker we talked to earlier who said that he had some – that Lester Cotton had some things he had to work on. Was that? Do you remember that being Brandon Parker? I know that you did all the fine work behind the scenes cutting all this up. Was that Brandon Parker who said that earlier today? He did, but within that same quote, I think he also said he's got that dog in him. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, and then they they both mentioned about his strength in the strength room too. So, I don't know how strong Lester Cotton is, but that's something that they both made a point to mention about his game. Right. Right. Exactly. Matter of fact, um, if you uh, if you pull up three one five, that's that's the number. That's Brandon Parker talking about Lester Cotton. Let's go ahead and run that real quick. Here's Brandon Parker's thoughts on Lester Cotton. From day one, he stepped in. He's always kind of had that, you know, that that want to, that dog about him. Uh, he had to kind of shape up a little bit. He was, you know, much bigger when he came in, but he's kind of dedicated himself again. He won the award with us, that uh, Samson Award, for kind of being a dog in the weight room, and we expect the same mentality he has in the weight room on the field, and he's kind of just been, you know, stepping in right away. Go right there. I like that. I, I thought that that was, you know, some good stuff right there from Brandon Parker talking about uh, Lester Cotton, and he, obviously it sounded like he, can't, he showed up to the Raiders out of shape. And he had to work on it, and now he's in shape, and he's he's winning awards in the in the weight room. So that's a good step in the right direction. Final soundbite I want you to hear as we close out the show is just what everybody's been talking about today. The theme of the show: putting the pads on. Yeah, we ready, we ready. Now I'm excited. We we finally get to go pop. Um, we get to go compete. Uh, you know, it's different when you have like no pads and stuff, and you know, defenders are just working. You know, more hands and stuff. So. Um, now we get to, you know, feel the bull rush, get to run off the ball in the run game. Um, it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And I hear, hear we might have some, uh, some goal line tomorrow. So, yeah, we're getting it off right. There you go. Colton Miller talking about putting the pads. You can hear the excitement in his voice. He's ready to make it happen. And uh, I'm ready to make it happen, too. So we'll do it again tomorrow. Make sure you wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. They'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Raiders HQ, that's Clay, that's Vinny, that's Heidi. And, of course, we'll keep the party rolling. Talk about the Raiders and pads, baby. DeMond, fantastic job at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Uh, thanks to everyone behind the scenes that made everything happen. Shout out to Jason Horowitz. Thank you to JT The Brick for introducing him to Raider Nation. Thank 
thank you to Lincoln Kennedy for also being a part of the show today. And my guy, James Arcelana, originally the Black Hole Banter Podcast. 4.56 at the time, that's going to do it. Thanks so much. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. Good night.